Next Chapter Podcasts. Happy holidays, folks. Executive producer Michael Goodfriend here, back again to wish you all well this season and offer you the gift that keeps on giving. More incredible podcast recommendations on the In the Cards feed. This time, it's Next Chapter's very own Play On podcast series. Over the past few years, Play On has called on some of the best writers, actors, and directors in the theater world to translate William Shakespeare's timeless classics in new and interesting ways, specifically for audio, with help from our award-winning composers and sound designers. Now we're proud to present our latest adaptation, the tragic romance, Romeo and Juliet. Here's our first episode in this series, translated by Hansel Jung and directed by Dustin Wills. Enjoy. Next Chapter Podcast presents the Play On Podcast series, Romeo and Juliet. Episode 1, Bite Your Thumb. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. And remember, violent delights have violent ends. Daniel, do you want to get dinner tonight before the show? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do, I do. (laughs) Daniel, could you keep talking? Yeah. Is this thing on? Um, Yeah, I can hear you. Had a great day, and literally nobody is getting ready. Hello? Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, it's Dorcas. (laughs) Hi, I'm doing my microphone stuff. Daniel, I said hi, it's Dorcas. You, you need to wait your turn. <laughs> Hold on, hang on, Daniel. Dorcas, go ahead. Okay. I know, but he put Actually, me Actually, Daniel, the you are ready to go. Where do I, I put the plug? Um, plug do testing, I put? testing. <laughs> testing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Friends, we have to begin. Everyone's talking. Dorcas, can you try and corral the room and let us know what we're trying to do here? So everybody go back to your madness. We're going to go ahead and start at the top. All right, that's good. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grad break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of peace to foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. Their misadventured youth draws to a close, and with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked love. And the continuance of the parents' rage, which but their children's end none could remove, is now the two hours traffic of our stage. Though which, if you with patient ears attend, what here shall miss, our toil shall strive to mend. Peter, I swear, man, we can't be no one's suckers. Hands, there's some people I'd be happy to suck on. Well, they can suck my cum and then succumb to my sword. And then you can succumb to the death sentence. Not me. I'm quick. Tempt me and I strike like lightning. Lucky you're not quickly tempted to strike. A dog of the house of Montague tempts me right quick. To quickly fight or quickly flee? Flee? Only thing fleeing is my sword from my sheath. I will tower over any boy or maid of Montagues. No real man needs a tower to fight. True. 
That's why women, being the weaker vessels, are kept in towers. So then, over Montague's boys, I tower, and in his maids, thrust my tower. The fight is between our masters and us. They're men. Men, women, if you're a Montague, I'm your tyrant. I'll bleed their men. I'll be worse with the maids and cut off their heads. <gasps> the heads of the maids? Yes, yeah, the heads of the maids. Or their maiden heads. Oh. Feel me? I don't know that anyone has ever felt you. Any feeler I felt up will willingly testify. It's known I am a pretty piece of flesh. It's known you are a pretty piece of fish, hung dry and salty. <gasps> Grab your tool. Here comes to the house of the Montagues. Swing! <gasps> My tool is up and out. Go fight. I got your back. What, so you can turn your back and run? You don't trust me? No. We'll keep the law on our side. Let them start it. Oh, how about I scowl as I pass by and rile them up? That's good, that's good. <laughs> or how about I bite my thumb at them as a slur and see how they like it? <sighs> do you bite your thumb at us, sir? I do bite my thumb, sir. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? We're still good with the law if I say yeah. No. No, sir, I do not bite my thumb at you, sir. But I bite my thumb, <sighs> sir. Do you quarrel, sir? Quarrel, sir? No, sir. But if you do, sir, I am for you. I serve as good a master as you. But not better. Well, sir. Say yes, better. I see one of my master's nephews coming over. Yes, better, sir. You lie. Draw. If you be men, Peter, deliver that slashing blow. Penvolio, put up your swords, you know not what you do. What? Tybalt, art thou drawn among these fearful fowls? Turn thee, Benvolio, look upon thy death. I do, but keep the peace, put up thy sword, or govern it, depart these men with me. What, drawn and talk of peace? I hate the word, as I hate hell, all Montagues and thee. Come at me, coward! What noise is this? Give me my longsword, ho! You need a crutch. Why call you for a sword? My sword, I say! Old Montague has come! Flourishes his blade to spite my house. Oh, oh villain Capulet! Hold me not! Let me go! Thou shalt not stir a foot to seek a foe. subjects! Enemies to peace! Profaners of his neighbor's stained steel! Will they not hear? What ho, you men, you beasts, that quench the fire of your pernicious rage while purple fountains spurt from civil veins. On pain of torture, from those bloody hands, throw your ill-destined weapons to the ground. And hear the sentence of your moved prince. Three civil brawls. Bread of some empty words by thee, old Capulet, and Montague, have thrice disturbed the quiet of our streets. 
and made Verona's elder citizens cast off their wise and troubled countenance to wield old rapiers in hands as old, rusted with peace, to part your rusty hate. If ever you disturb our streets again, your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace. For this time, all the rest depart away. You, Capulet, shall go along with me, and Montague, Come you this afternoon to know our further orders on this case to Old Freetown, our common judgment place. Once more, on pain of death, all men depart. Who gave this ancient coral further flame? Speak, nephew. Will you buy when it began? I saw the servants, yours and theirs, being drawn. Close fighting, neck in neck, ere I approached. I drew to part them. In that instant came the fiery Tybalt with his sword prepared. While we were interchanging thrusts and blows came more and more and fought on either part till the prince came, parting each apart. Oh, where is Romeo? Saw you him today? <laughs> right glad I am he was not at this fray. <laughs> uh, madam, uh, an hour before the worshipped sun peered through the golden window of the east, a troubled mind drove me to take a walk, where underneath the grove of sycamore that westward stand, away from city sounds. There, in the light of dawn, I saw your son. Oh. Towards him I walked, but made aware of me, he stole into the cover of the leaves. Oh. I, matching his desire to my own, pursued my humor, not pursuing his, and gladly shunned who gladly fled from me. Oh. Many a morning hath he there been seen, with tears <laughs> augmenting the fresh morning's dew, adding to clouds more clouds with his deep sighs. But also soon as the all-cheering sun should in the furthest east begin to draw the shady curtains from the mountain heads, away from light steals home my heavy sun, <laughs> to his private chamber yokes himself, shuts up his windows, locks far daylight out and makes his morn an artificial night. Uh, black and portentous must this humor prove, unless good counsel may the cause remove. My noble uncle, do you know the cause? I neither know it nor can learn from him. Have you persisted he explain his pains? Both myself and many other friends. But he alone will counsel his accounts, befriends himself, I cannot say how well, but keeps himself so secret and so close. So far from our perception are his thoughts, much like the bud invaded by a worm, before his leaves might sweetly scent the air or dedicate his beauty to the sun. <laughs> if we could learn from whence his sorrows grow, we willingly would give all cures we know. <gasps> See? There he comes. So please you, step aside. I'll learn his grievance, or be much denied. I would thou be enlightened by thy stay of his true state. Uh, come, madam, let's away. Oh. <laughs> Good morrow, cousin. Uh, is the day so young? <laughs> we just struck nine. <laughs> I mean... Sad hours feel long. <laughs> was that my father that went hence so fast? It was. What sadness lengthens Romeo's hours? Uh, not having that, which having makes them short. In love? Out. 
of love. Out of her favor where I am in love. <laughs> but alas, that love, so gentle in his looks, should have such tyrannous, ungentle hooks. <laughs> alas, that love whose sight is blind and still should without eyes see pathways to his will. Where oh. shall we dine? Oh, me, uh, what fray was here? Yeah, tell me not, for I have heard it all. It's much to do with hate, but more with love. Why then? O oh, brawling love, a loving hate, oh everything that nothing did create, oh heavy lightness, serious vanity, chaotic puzzle of um well seeming forms, feather of lead, bright smoke, cold fire, sick health, what eyes of sleep, what's not is what it is, this love feel I, feel no love in this. <laughs> Does thou not laugh? No, cause I'd rather weep. Could friend at what? At thy good heart's oppression. <laughs> Why such is love's transgression. Griefs of mine own lie heavy in my breast, which thou wilt multiply to have it pressed with more of thine. This love that thou hast shown doth add more grief to too much of mine own. Love is a smoke raised with the fume of sighs, when cleared a fire sparkling in lover's eyes, when pained a sea nourished with loving tears. What is it else? Oh, um, a madness, most discreet, okay. a choking gall, and a preserving sweet. Farewell, my cuz. Soft, I will come along. You leave me so you know you do me wrong. Tut, I have lost myself. I am not here. This is not Romeo. He's some other where. Tell me and jest no more. Who is your love? What shall I gravely tell thee? Grave or not, the truth, cause tell me who. Bid a sick man to gravely make his will. <laughs> Word ill urge to one that is so ill. My grave is, cousin, uh -huh. I do love a woman. I aimed so near when I supposed you loved. Thou art good marksman, and my love, she's fair. Uh, well, the fairest mark, fair cuz, is soonest hit. In that hit you far miss. She'll not be hit with Cupid's arrow. She hath Diane's wit and chastity that heavens did bestow. <sighs> Her heart's immune to love's weak childish bow. She will not suffer siege of loving terms, nor bide the encounter of enamored eyes, nor open doors to saint-seducing gifts. Oh, she is rich in beauty, only poor that when she dies, all beauty live no more. Then she hath sworn forever she'll be chased. <laughs> she hath. Uh. And in that swearing makes huge waste, for beauty starved with her severity cuts beauty off from all posterity. She is too fair, too wise, wisely too fair to merit bliss by making me despair. Yet hath forbidden love, and in that vow do I live dead, and live to tell it now. Be ruled by me, forget to think of her. Oh, teach me how I might forget to think. By giving liberty unto thine eyes, examine other beauties. 
Tis the way to see hers, exquisite, being thus compared. Some happy masks that kiss fair ladies' brows, being blank, puts in our mind the fair they hide. He that is struck and blind cannot forget the precious treasure of his eyesight lost. Show me, lady, that is passing fair. What doth her beauty serve but to remind of beauty that surpassed that passing fair? Farewell, thou canst not teach me to forget. I'll pay that lesson or else die in debt. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. But Montague is bound as much as I, to penalty alike. It is not hard, I think, for men so old as we to keep the peace. An honorable repute precede you both, and pity tis you lived at odds so long. But now, my lord, what say you to my suit? I echo that which I have said before. My child is yet a stranger in the world. She hath not seen the change of fourteen years. Let two more summers wither in their pride before we think her ripe to be a bride. Younger than she a happy mother's maid. And too soon marred are those so early married. She is the hopeful lady of my earth. But woo her, gentle Paris, get her heart. My will to her consent is but a part, and she agreed within her scope of choice lies my consent and fair according voice. This night, I hold an old tradition feast, adorned with guests from cities west and east. Your mirth would, there among those I adore, most welcomed be to make my number more. At my poorhouse, look to behold this night, earth-treading stars that make dark heaven light. Such stirrings do young lusty fellows feel when well-appareled April on the heel of limping winter treads. Such gallant youth as delight shall you inherit at my house this night among fresh fennel buds. Hear all, all see. Be drawn to her whose merit most shall be, which, on more view of many, mine being one, may stand in number, though in reckoning, none. Come, go with me. <laughs> Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Yes. yes. Go, sirrah. Trudge about through fair Verona. Find those persons out whose names are written there. And to them say, my house will welcome all their pleasured stay. <laughs> Slam! Find them out whose names are written here. Make the baker paint the chapel, why don't you? Ask the basket weaver butcher the pig for supper. A brush could be given the baker, and the weaver the cleaver, but how am I supposed to find the persons whose names are written here when I can't read? <gasps> oh! I'll find my brush and cleaver in the clever eyes of learned men. The game is afoot. Tut, man, new fire burns out the older burning. Old pain is lessened by the newer anguish. Let fresher passions send your stomach churning, or desperate grief be cured with the other languish. Take thou some new infection to thy eye, and the rank poison of the old will die. 
What? Break thy nose anew to help thy pain? My pain from what? From your fresh broken leg. Why, Romeo, art thou mad? Not mad, but more bound than a madman is. Shut up in prison, kept without my food, no, whipped you and tormented, it's and... Hi. Ah! Good, Ian. Good fellow. Good. Great. Your eyes look clever and your clothes look posh-ish. Can you read? I, mine own fortune, in my misery. Oh, not what I meant. Can you read letters? I, if I know the letters and the language. <laughs> okay, bye. Stay, fellow. I, I can read. Senor Martino and his wife and daughters, County Anselm and his beauteous sisters, the Lady uh, Widow uh. of Vitruvio. Senor Placencio and his lovely nieces, Mercutio, and his brother, Valentine. <laughs> oh, mine God. uncle Capulet, his wife and daughters, my fair niece, Rosaline, and Livia. <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> uh, Senor Valentio and his cousin Tybalt, Lucio, and the lively <laughs> Helena. A fair <laughs> assembly. Where should they come to? Up. To where? To supper? To our house. Whose house? My master's. Indeed, I should have asked you that before. Now I'll tell you without asking. My master is the great rich Capulet. <laughs> and if you are not of the house of Montagues, come and crush a cup of wine. <laughs> At this tradition feast of Capulets, thy love and woe, fair Rosaline will sup with all the worshipped beauties of Verona. We'll join them. And with our objective eyes, compare her face with some that I shall show. And I will make thee think thy swan a crow. If the devout parishioner of mine eye commits such lies, may tears be turned to fires, and eyes who often drowned but could not die. Thence tried as heretics and burnt as liars, one fairer than my love. The all-seeing sun ne'er saw her match since first the world begun. Tut, you saw her fair, none else being by. Herself poised with herself in either eye. But when those crystal scales have seen and weighed your lady's love against some other maid, that I will show you shining at this fest, and she shall scant show well that now seems best. Your tipping point will tip to new behest. I'll go along, no such sight to be shown, but to rejoice in splendor of mine own. Next Chapter Podcast presents the Natco and Two River Theater production of Romeo and Juliet, written by William Shakespeare, and translated into modern English verse by Hansel Jung. The Play on Podcast series, Romeo and Juliet, is directed by Dustin Wills. Radio play by Catherine Eaton, with additional contributions by Liana Keyes. The cast is as follows. Dorcas Lung as Juliet. Chris Bano as Romeo. Mia Katigbach as Nurse and Prince. Daniel Liu as Lady Capulet, Lady Montague, and Peter. Perva Betty as Friar Lawrence. Mitchell Winters as Paris, Tybalt, and Apothecary. Daisuke Tsuji as Lord Capulet and Lord Montague. Jose Gamo as Mercutio and Samson. Zion Jang as Benvolio and Balthazar. Casting by the Telsey Office. 
Karen Castle, CSA. Mix and sound design by Lindsay Jones. Original music composition by Brian Quijada. Additional music composition and music direction by Nigel Robinson. Sound engineering by Sadaharu Yagi. Mix engineer and dialogue editor, Larry Walsh. Podcast mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio. Coordinating producer, Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Liana Keys. Executive producer, Michael Goodfriend. The managing director of business operations and partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play on Podcast series, Romeo and Juliet, is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. Visit ncpodcast.com for more about the Play on Podcast series. Visit playonshakespeare.org for more about Play on Shakespeare. Subscribe to Play on Premium on Apollo Plus for ad-free episodes. And join our Patreon for exclusive merchandise and early commercial-free releases. Go to playonpodcast.com for our bonus content, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. And remember, violent delights have violent ends. Next Chapter Podcasts.